Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, back here at the Ohio in another segment. And guys, I shared online a story about the stimulus checks. And I'm concerned. Have you guys got your stimulus checks yet? Yeah, I have. I haven't received mine. Um, We were a little late with all the craziness of last year with unemployment, you know, furloughs that, you know, Craig and I had to take for Gannett. I mean, it just, it was 2020. I don't know but we haven't received a stimulus check yet. I mean, we qualify. We definitely are under the salary application. Um, I read the article from USA Today that, along with this podcast. I'm still not sure why I may not have received it yet. My wife uh, said we actually paid by check, so she thinks that may be worth the delay. What are you guys hearing about why other people haven't received their checks yet? Could be just like a... Um bureaucratic issue or you know they're just trying to um or maybe there's some sort of direct deposit issue i'm not sure but i would say that um i did hear i did hear like a lot of the next batch of checks are going to be sent out via the mail and um that that might be the case um um and um yeah nothing really else to add at this point yeah we've always done it kind of like online and everything I just was the craziest in 2020. We ended up signing by check. So my wife's like, hey, if we send it by check, we'll probably receive the check. So, I mean, that's my guess, but it's kind of different. Um, I know it's interesting. Um, I really haven't seen any big reports of what people are spending their stimulus check refund on. Um, I, I got to say, like many Americans, we got bills to pay, you know, for my wife and I. So we might do something a little bit fun with it, but it's mostly going to bills. Uh, do you guys have any huge plans with your stimulus? No. Bills. Catch up on things. Brandon, are you guys taking that worldwide trip that you always wanted to take with your stimulus? Or are, you, are you building it up? Yeah, I'm going I'm going tomorrow. We're starting tomorrow. <laughs> Brandon's like, I'm out for the next six months. We're traveling the world. Part of my, uh, part of my new adventure is can I stretch how far I can stretch my stimulus check money to travel the world. Yes. Oh, gonna hit, involves a lot of hitchhiking. Yeah. <laughs> dollar menu items on the yeah. dollar menu. Well, I, I don't want to go there too much because we're, we only got about 10 minutes on this episode. But another book idea, you know, <laughs> write a book about how far you can get in 4,200 bucks. It should yeah. be great. It should, should be fascinating. But yeah, we've, like I said, we got a lot of bills to pay and we've got. And I think that's where most Americans are at. And, again, we, we talked about this, I think it was last week, about 
stimulus. And I, I like the fact that my family could use the stimulus. I'm not against the stimulus at all. I, I still go back and, man, that Andrew Yang, that whole universal basic income kind of keep sticking over me. Like, man, could that work for America? But I don't know. I, I should be – I'm Brandon, from what you've heard, is there – are they still talking about an additional stimulus? It wouldn't be every month. But has there been any more talk about that in terms of is would there be more stimulus available in the future? At, at this point, it's kind of like um, who knows? I don't know. It's I don't think we're I think we're just busy getting the first round of checks out. I do think, can, man, there's like a lot of a lot of different <laughs> economists out there who don't even like this round of stimulus because they think it will overheat the economy and whatnot. And it's like that's macroeconomics or microeconomics that you know, maybe the average layman doesn't understand. And I'm even I to extent uh, don't know what that means. Overheating the economy gets to an extent, but basically, um, um, you know, I think for now that's, let's see, I think it's kind of, uh, they're going to wait and see how the, this uh, $1.9 trillion American rescue plan is going to impact the economy. Um, and, um, and I think that's, um, where it's kind of a wait and see game at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but um, president Biden was actually slated to be in Columbus on Tuesday. Um, and it's interesting. Usually, and he's trying to, I mean, it's passed, but he's trying to kind of endorse his plan. The COVID plan, the guy, um, you know, passed last week um, by the legislature. Um, You know, it's interesting. A presidential visit used to be a big deal for your town and everything. But now with COVID, I mean, he's got a couple private events and that's it. And, you know, it it could be kind of strange to see. I mean, I know with the media, I'm sure we'll be there covering it. But um, he's going to be a high state speaking somewhere. And I hear he has a uh, talk planned at the James Cancer Center. So, um, it's good he's here. I'm not saying we should have a big, you know, 100,000 seat, you know, everyone packed in to watch him talk. It's, it's going to be kind of a weird presidential visit because usually it's much more fanfare, more people getting to see him. And it's going to be kind of quiet. And I think that's basically with the pandemic. Are, are you hearing anything else about the visit, Brandon? Uh, no, I'm not. So. Um, yeah, it's just kind of part of that touring Ohio to put, promote the plan and hopefully voters will remember it in 2022 for the Democrats sake. But, um, um, you know, who knows, uh, this is almost kind of, uh, um, nostalgia in the sense that it feels like 2020, like 2009, 2010, when, um, laws were passed, uh, to, in response to the recession back then and the Democrats were ser- severely, uh, not, rewarded at the polls in 2010 um so that was that's kind of um where we're at from a political aspect of it um i've all on the difference is i think the american rescue plan is actually a lot more popular with most americans than than the uh legislation passed back in um 09 for in response to the recession so um yeah that's where we're at right now from that perspective uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys have both covered Trump once, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, but you said you covered him in Delaware, and I think um, Craig, you you covered him up in Fremont, right? Yeah, he was in Clyde. Yeah, Whirlpool. I actually, I've been more in the editor chair recently. <clears throat> uh, I actually covered George W. Bush twice. Um, 
once it was he was in uh, North Canton to talk at Timken plant, just the workers and everything. And then the other time, it was right before the second election that he won, um, he had this big event in downtown Canton at uh, the theater of downtown. And it went three hours. It was ridiculously long. Uh, because he had some healthcare thing where he had a bunch of doctors up talking about healthcare. <laughs> and then all these, like the governor was there, like it was Governor Taft at the time. There was a bunch of other people there. Um, kind of different. I mean, what was your experience like covering the president? I mean, not in terms of did you like him or not. What Was it kind of a, a milestone for you guys just covering a sitting president? As a journalist, just in general. Well, Trump wasn't a... Uh president at the time he was in Delaware he was oh, campaigning he was still okay okay and um i think it was funny because a week or a week or so back um bill clinton was in town actually and we i covered that as well and oh, okay. uh, it, i just noticed kind of more of the nuance between the two uh campaign styles i think clinton's audience was really i think purposefully kept at a limit of 500 um mm. And I don't know if it was just because of um, concerns that the crowd crowds would be thin if they even had it had a bigger venue because Trump went for a bigger venue and had a, a lot more people at his yeah. event. But um, new nuance things was is like with the Clinton, it got to my my press box area and there was like like nice little uh, uh, placards out there with like hey here's your Wi-Fi password and stuff. They didn't have that as accommodations over at the when we went to the Trump campaign. In fact, right. uh, some of the political reporters who didn't bother going to the Trump one um, were asking, "What's the Wi-Fi password?" And I was like happily giving them giving it out. But uh, I was right. just like, I'm like, like, yeah, it was just like a very, it was just a very strange little detail that kind of said, "Oh, this is interesting." Uh, just, um, but no, I think uh, Trump. It was interesting. I never got to really see Trump because mm-hmm. everyone standing room and and just uh you know you kind of i could hear him his voice it was so it wasn't really uh took away that much of that um you know oh this is so cool but i think it and this was after the debate where he wouldn't really um talk about the whether he would accept the results of the 2016 election right um it was when he threw out his big i'll accept the results if i win <laughs> and yeah. um and that was really where Delaware, Ohio gets its little 15 minutes of fame in, in terms of that election. So, um, you know, that was just kind of, uh, that was my uh, coverage of, of, of a president. So, I, I was always a fan of history. And I got to say, it, it spooked me. It was the first time I covered Bush. And he was the president both times. Uh, second, first time was just more of a regular, hey, you know. Here's what we're doing to help workers speech. Second time, it was actually running. It was more of a campaign-type presentation. But I got to say, the first time as a fan of history, hearing the presidential opening, you know, da, 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 you know that thing, man, it kind of freaked me out. Because it was the first time I ever covered the president. And we were in the back. We could see, you know, Bush walk on stage. And I wasn't, like, fanboying out. It was just like, wow, here's the president. And it was interesting uh, because I was like taking notes and hearing his voice and going, wow, I'm covering a president. It, this is kind of cool. Um, I got to say, and Craig, you may have experienced this too. When you cover the president, actually a sitting president, you have to get there early. And I think both times we had to be there like 90 minutes early. And I had a photographer with me the second time who was ticked because 
that's your day. I mean, you know, we talk now when we cover stuff, you know, we try to write stories at home or in the office and everything. When you're covering, especially that second time, we went on for like three hours. You know, we had to be there 90 minutes beforehand. We had to wait a half hour before we let out. And by the time we got back to the office, it was just writing that story and it was done. And it just, you know, it cuts in your day. I mean, it, it was something, but... Um, <clears throat> I don't know, was it something for you to cover Trump because he was sitting at the time, right, Craig? Yeah, I mean, we, I covered him last year. It was it was a unique opportunity, obviously, sort of, you know, you think of it as sort of a once-in-a-lifetime, especially in this, at a small newspaper like the News Messenger in Fremont. Um, there was a lot of, you know, chaos and a lot of people there, and, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic as well, so it was a little... Ner more nerve-wracking than just in general making sure you take good notes and making sure you know you're you have sort of an angle for a story that you know you can write that people want to read um, because you know it's you know when you cover these these anybody whether it's a president or whatever kind of a meeting you don't want to just generically jot it down in chronological order you've got to find your hook and for me, the the 90 or so minutes that he spoke or maybe a little bit more than an hour that he spoke was fine. It was right after he was done speaking that I got my story where he introduced a couple of uh, people that work at the plant that, you know, were really helped by him putting tariffs on uh, washing machine dumping being done by LG and Samsung that helped keep you know, American jobs at Whirlpool at the washing machine factory in Clyde. So that sort of became my hook for the story of the local element while still making sure people were aware that the president of the United States was there. So it was a lot of chaos and I'm sure a lot of people probably, and I have had people, you know, that have asked me like how, how cool it was. And it was, it was a unique experience. It was long. It was, you know, uh, very chaotic in there because there's so many people, whether it's people that are attending the meet the the ceremony or whether it's media in the back, you know, I mean, we were no no closer to Trump than anybody else would have been. We were probably a hundred feet away, and you know, sitting there doing our stuff. And it was a it was an interesting, unique day, but it was also a long day, and it was also a very stressful day because not only do you have to go cover it, you know, there's time elements to you know early deadlines and things like that where you have to get stuff done. So much like how you, you know, kind of described with the president, you know, President Bush's visit, yeah, you're getting back to the office and you don't have really much time to reflect on it. You just have to go right. And, you know, I kept my press pool badge that I or the press pool pass that we had for the White House and, you know, stuff like that. That's sort of a momentum. And it was a, a, a fun experience. But I think most people look at it like, oh, you get to cover the president, but they don't really think about you know, some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, whether it's deadline, whether it's making sure you heard him right in a, you know, in a speech or whatever it may be. You know, I know some reporters were asking some of the president's staffers like, hey, is there going to be a transcript of his, you know, uh, you know, speech? And they're like, no, you know, or, or maybe it'll be on like tomorrow or something. So, you know, a lot of a lot of people were just kind of scrambling, making sure they got the best story they could. Yeah, so I, I guess it's something to stop. I mean, for me, it was cool the first time. The second time, it became, became more of a chore, and especially that week I covered Vice President um, candidate John Edwards. And again, nothing against John Edwards. He just, every time you cover it, it takes a day. And it gets to be more of a news thing. So, all right, so thanks for checking out The Ohioan. Again, we'll have links available uh, if, if you wonder where your stimulus check is. If you're listening from the IRS, call me. Tell me where my stimulus check is. I'll give you a shout-out. 
on the next podcast. I'm sure I won't get a call, but here's the hope. So, should be good. Thanks for checking out the item. We'll be back with another segment shortly. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.